Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar. Come walk with me through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ as told by Mark in his gospel. We'll journey with the Savior to the cross and celebrate the good news of his true salvation. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in faith, hope, joy, and peace. And the world can use more of that right now, don't you think? Let's dig in. Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to 56. Why did Jesus walk on water? See him in a new light. Besides the resurrection, I think Jesus walking on water is his second greatest miracle, mainly because it defies nature and physics. Most of all, it tests our faith. Let's dig in. We're, we're finally out of Mark chapter 6. We're starting in verse 45. Jesus walks on water. So immediately after this, they're just feeding the 5,000 um, or 20,000. Um, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, it's also known as the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am is here. And that phrase is translated from the original Greek. I am is here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at uh, Genesaret. Uh, Gen they brought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area, carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces, they begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. And that's the end of Mark chapter 6. So let's unpack this. So Jesus just finished feeding between fifteen to 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish. It was nighttime, and Jesus did three things. First, he sent his disciples back to the boat to cross the Sea of Galilee to go to Bethsaida. Clearly, no Galilean fisherman worth his salt would cross the sea at night. It was just not done. It was too dangerous. Nevertheless, they obeyed Jesus and went. 
Jesus sent the crowd of people home. Now, I can imagine they would have stayed listening to him all night if he was willing. Next, Jesus goes up into the hills, some versions say to the mountain, to pray. He did this often, going off by himself to talk to God the Father. How often do you pray? Because Jesus was up in the hills or on the mountain, he could watch the disciples in the boat. There may not have been a storm per se, just wind and high waves. They were struggling, rowing hard. The great I am walks on water. It's the darkest time of the night. Jesus knew they would be exhausted and weary from using their own strength and resources. They had been rowing for around eight hours and not getting very far. Jesus was going to walk past them. Now the Amplified Bible says he acted as if he intended to pass them. We really don't know. They thought it was a ghost. They were terrified, who wouldn't be? Jesus then spoke to them over the wind and the waves. He said, take courage, I am here. In the New Living Translation, there's a footnote on this verse indicating that the original Greek, it reads, the I am is here. I am is what God called himself in front of Moses at the burning bush, all the way back to the book of Exodus. Okay, and if you, if, um, if you haven't um, done the study in the book of Exodus, you need to click on over my blog and check it out um, where it says burning bush, you can click on that link. And then I also did a study on all of God's and Jesus's I am statements because they truly reveal who God is. And it goes through from the Old Testament to the New Testament, all of the I am statements. Okay, so if you're not sure who God is, you really don't know him, you need to read this article. So the link to the blog, I mean, the link to the blog is in the show notes. And click on over there and dig deeper. So then Jesus climbs into the boat and the wind stopped. He calmed the sea after he got into the boat. The only other gospels that tell the story of Jesus walking on the water are John and Matthew. Now Matthew is the only one who recounts Peter wanting to go on the water to go to Jesus and he loses focus and faith and starts sinking. And if you're not familiar with that one, Again, click on over to my blog, and I covered it when I, last year when I did the, um, the Gospel of Matthew. Now, why would both John and Mark leave Peter's part out of their Gospels? Probably because they wanted to focus their Gospel on revealing who Jesus is and thought Peter's reckless move was unnecessary. A test of hearts. Why did Jesus feel the disciples still needed a testing of faith? They still didn't get him. They didn't get the significance of the miracle of the loaves and fishes. Their hearts were still too hard. They were thinking like mere humans when Jesus wanted them to think of the greater and higher power that he was bringing. Remember just a few days before, Jesus gave them the authority to cast out demons and heal people, yet they still didn't get it. They still lacked faith. Celebrity Jesus. When they reached land in seconds, people recognized Jesus and they went and got all their sick people so he could heal them. No matter where they went, they brought the sick and begged Jesus to heal them or at least allow them to touch his robe. Apparently the news of the healing of the bleeding woman got around. 
Now, okay, so I'm going to borrow now from the lesson in the free YouVersion Bible app. Um, uh, and it's um, by Samantha Rodriguez, and the lesson is called The Gospel of Mark, Part 3. And um, if you want to continue, this is what I'm doing, one of the ones that I'm using to study uh, for the gospel, for this whole Mark uh, series that I'm doing here. So, and I quote, this scene can portray two different images, one of selfish motivation, if the people only came to Jesus to receive a healing, and the other of immense faith in the one they believed could heal. We obviously will never know their intentions. However, we can draw from their example of bold faith and take the temperature of our own faith in comparison. Sometimes it can be easy to get caught up in doubt and uncertainty when it comes to the supernatural power of God. When we can't fully understand a concept or guarantee an outcome, we tend to minimize it to a size that can fit in our hands or an explanation that works in our minds. Yet this is not what faith consists of. As the author of Hebrews puts it, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Our faith should therefore be in God and his promises. When we have faith in our God, who is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, we can approach him with faith that he can and will heal whether it be on this side of heaven or not. Though it can sometimes be scary to approach God confidently for physical healing because we don't always know if it will be granted to us, we do know that in God's grace, he's already healed us eternally for our faith in him. As Paul says in Ephesians, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Um, and if you're not familiar with the book of Ephesians, I've done a study on that too. In view of this, we may approach Jesus as boldly as the crowds did, not solely for his power, but to worship him in faith and love. Unquote. Okay, so the question is, has Jesus healed you eternally? That is, are you sure, absolutely positive, that you have that one-way nonstop ticket to heaven? You know, it's only through Jesus. So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die, or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen at any moment, this is what you have to do. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog. I click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And in the bottom of today's blog, I have two very appropriate uh, worship songs here, The Great I Am and Waymaker. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. 
Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times. The last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.